In today's episode, we're talking to an awesome success story, someone who understands the power of personal connection and how to leverage that to generate millions and millions of dollars in revenue. So don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back. How do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shattered the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan, really happy to be here with you today. Uh, we've got an awesome guest. Uh, this one is really, really great interview. Before we dive in, obviously, I always want to make sure to give my update on the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. By the time you're listening to this podcast episode, um, it's probably got about over 650 U.S. ratings on Amazon. And again, I'm I'm always so appreciative of all the positive feedback, all the great five-star reviews. Um, like everyone just kind of like, you know, saying their piece about it and letting me know that the content really connects. You know, when you get hundreds and hundreds of ratings in less than a year as an independently published book, it's usually a good indicator that the content itself is really just what people were specifically looking for. And I, I couldn't be more grateful and overjoyed about it. But for those people that haven't checked out the book yet and don't even want to pull out your wallet yet, even though the, the ebook's only four bucks and the audiobook and paperback are also affordable, you can always just go to youtube.com slash Andrew Cap and see what I'm doing there and see um, the, the free content that I'm offering around the topic and you can get a better feel of uh, why I hopefully think um, things are really going so well and I'm getting such a, a fortunately a positive reception. With that said, I don't want to waste any more time. So to introduce today's guest, Buck Rizvi spent around 20 years in corporate America before turning a corner and hitting it much bigger on his own in his 40s, generating over $50 million in revenue and helping over 400,000 people achieve better well-being through the natural health supplement space. But as you're about to see by our chat today, the true key and secret to his success comes down to personal connection and how he shows up for others in everything that he does. Buck now shows business owners a different and a better way to connect with their audience and build their tribe. And he's showing people around the world that succeeding in e-commerce is not only doable, but that it can be very fulfilling as well. So let's waste no more time and switch mics as I welcome Buck to the show. Buck Rizvi, thank you so much for being here and welcome hey. to Shattered a Mold. It's good to be here, Andrew. I, I really enjoy this. I'm a little nervous, actually. It's been a while, maybe years since I've done a podcast. So you're breaking me back in. Thank you. Nice. It's always good to kind of like hit the ground running when something like that goes on. So I'm, I'm happy to be that that reason to to get back in the mix with things. And um, it's interesting. First of all, obviously, people are more than just numbers. They're way more than numbers. But it is interesting to hear you say that you're nervous because I'm sure there are people listening like, wow, this is the guy that's generated over $50 million in revenue, helping more than 400,000 people worldwide achieve better health. Like this guy is legit. So it's, it's almost <laughs> a leap. Like, wow, he, he gets nervous too. But, you know, it's, it's human nature, right? Especially when you're diving back into something that you're just, you haven't done for a while. You just want to make sure you have your sea legs to you. Yeah, I, I agree. And there's, um, but when you say those numbers, and it's hard for me to compute those when you say whether it's millions of dollars or tens of millions of dollars, a lot of, a lot of customers or people that we've touched, I, I like to dial it back to uh, can I, am I communicating, connecting with just one person? Mm -hmm. I, I, 
I feel that as I've gotten older, I'm getting more in that mode of am I connecting more interpersonally and not just am I trying to get a, you know, a huge stage. It's great that I can touch a lot of lives and I, I enjoy that, um, that aspect of it. But I want, it's always great when I get a, an email back from a customer that I've been, maybe has been a customer for a long time and, and shares a story with me just because this is the first time they, I, maybe I wrote something or they listened to a podcast of mine and I, and I touched, I touched a nerve, a good one. And, uh, they've, they've responded to me. So right. anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous when people quote my numbers because I, I I'm not sure how to react, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you're talking to someone that doesn't have the numbers to match that, but I do have scenarios like even in, in my experience in my business where people will, will cite a certain influence that my book had on them or, or something like that. And mm-hmm. it truly is a humbling thing. So I, I understand on a different level, what you mean, where it's almost like it's a different person that's done this and yeah. you, and you don't even relate specifically because you're right. Like, I mean, wow, $50 million. It is, it's quite a number to, to digest and to think about. And, you know, we were talking before I hit the record button and the really cool thing about you is it's not like that's $50 million that's built over like decades. Cause you started when you were 20, as I understood it, stand it, you really turned a corner like after 40 years old. We yeah. are like that basically like you just took on a, a new career and a new life to begin this process and to walk down this path to success. So I guess to kind of scale things back, like what inspired this shift in your life that brought you in this new direction to begin with? <laughs> um, you know, I made some decisions early in my life that put me on a certain path, you know, but getting married at, at the, at a very tender age, having kids er, relatively early, earlier than I see young, younger people like my, I have grown kids now. So younger than I see them thinking about getting married and have kids. So I, I probably went a little earlier than some people uh, of my age. And uh, that put a lot of pressure and uh, focus, I guess, for me to have something more than just, uh, a job, you know, working for somebody. So somehow I, I felt like I was driven to do something more. And uh, I, you know, I, I guess I always had a side hustle and I, I know some people don't like that term. Uh, maybe that's the wrong term, but I, I had, I had a day job to take care of my family. I had a young family at a young age. Uh, and then I always had a side hustle going. I was always learning something new launching a new business idea, uh, educating myself, trying to network, those kinds of things. And uh, it just took a long time for me to find the right thing uh, for me. You know, during that time, quite, quite frankly, because I'm, I'm a bit, little bit older, 55, uh, the internet came along mm-hmm. <laughs> while I was in the middle of that because I, I had already had my first child. Um, actually, both of my oldest children by the time the internet really came online in 1994. Right, right. And you know, the, a lot of the stuff that you're doing is e-commerce health businesses. And yes. I'm, I'm curious, like what made you choose that specifically? I've been passionate about natural health for a long time. So because I like to study and read those, to- those topics. Mm-hmm. So I learned about 
uh, mega dose vitamin C, for example, is something that I, I practice. I take kind of high dose vitamin C, relatively speaking. Uh, and that's, that's helped me from my perspective, from, uh, with my heart, uh, health. And, um, so that, that level of interest made me realize that people are investing heavily in ways to live longer, look younger, lose weight, et cetera. And I was one of those consumers. So initially when I looked at it, I was thinking about, okay, people are having success with direct response, email catalogs, things of that nature before the internet. And uh, I, I thought, well, gee, if people can make big money with health in direct mail or with a catalog, a magalog, why couldn't I do this with internet? I, the internet was just coming online. I had a technical background and I felt I could leverage the internet and be successful at it. Mm, so you understood like a lot of the mechanics early on. You were able to figure it out yeah. ideally faster than most people. <clears throat> now, did you, being someone who, again, you were able to kind of like understand what that's like because you yourself were interested in it. Did mm -hmm. you handle the copywriting parts as well or did you hand that off to somebody else? Th thank God I didn't. <laughs> mm. uh, I was a student and I was reading things uh, from well-known copywriters, but I, a couple things happened that I wouldn't repeat again if, if I had to do it all over again. Right. Uh, one thing was I was able to, to borrow money against, take out a second mortgage on a house, get a home equity line. Uh, at that time uh, I invested, I guess, smartly uh, in, some conferences and education on internet marketing. So that was smart, that part of it. Um, uh, one of the smart things I did, and that, they weren't all smart, but trust me, <laughs> I didn't go blow it on cars and vacations and things like that, but I did some silly things. But one thing that was smart was I, I hired a copywriter to write the copy for the initial sales letter for my first health product. Turned out to be Gary Halbert. Wow. And I was lucky enough that he was still, he published his email address at that time. I think some people might know the story if they've listened to any other uh, of my communications. He published his email address on his new, uh, Gary Halbert newsletter call. And uh, the email was nosexgary at aol.com. Hmm. So I wrote him, I, I asked a question <laughs> and he would read his AOL emails and reply. And long story short, he convinced me to become a client of his. He wrote the sales letter for my first health product. And uh, kind of the rest is history. That product is still being sold today. I still have that brand, Ultimate Lifespan. I don't still use Gary's letter because, you know, the, the long copy uh, storytelling sales letter that he wrote for me then, it's not the way I, I market today. Right. I, I take a very different approach. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But um, it served me well maybe 15 years ago. And uh, sure. in, in some respects, old school copywriting Elements of it have its place, but a lot of it may not be relevant in today's 2020 world of marketing. Right. And by the way, I'm, <laughs> I defer to you because you've obviously got a lot more experience and success under your belt. So, of course, I'm going to defer. I kind of mm -hmm. take the understanding of like that old school copywriting. It still works, but there's a lot of people that will find it cheesy or salesy. Um, but also to the right person, even if they find it that way, but they still have enough pain. Mm -hmm. They're going to go ahead and, and go with it anyway if they really think that the product might be what they're looking for. 
Yeah, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Like, if you know, you hit somebody, if you're, you know, someone's in the market for something and they have that pain and you speak right to it and they're reading something, you're certainly going to get them to read it. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. And what's interesting is today, uh, and, and this is well after even I started having success in internet marketing. I mean, when I first started selling things online, there was no Facebook. There was no Twitter, Instagram, YouTube even. And so you could still use those techniques pretty successfully and send a sales letter that would not, might normally be sent direct mail, have a, have a landing page like I did initially for my product when I promoted using Gary Halbert's letter and, and drive traffic straight to it and everything would be fine. Um, now what happens is I think the read of the sales letter is the first touch point. That's mm -hmm. the first thing I might do when I interact with your brand. And the, I guess it's blessing and curse is there might be 30, 50, you know, many, many more touch points that that person takes before they make the decision to buy from you. Yes. More than what Absolutely. they used to do in the old days. And the interesting thing is because like so many industries are different and so many people do things in a different way. Those touch points have a, a different level of, of impact. Like for me, and maybe if there's time in the interview, I'll, I'll, I'll be curious to pick your brain and get your opinion. Yeah. There's usually like three touch points. I'm going to add a fourth, but three touch points with me. It's this podcast, okay. mm -hmm. which doesn't really have anything to do with my law of attraction book. There's okay. me posting free content to Facebook groups, law of attraction groups, where people kind of get a sense of the value I offer and then they might go in my book. And mm -hmm. then there's the book and that's a 210 page touch point right there. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's such an interesting thing where sometimes it's a sales letter, sometimes it's an email, sometimes it's a book, sometimes it's a commercial. And it's really so important for people to understand the value of touch points and psychology and almost understand that, yeah, on a, on a first touch point, even if people are spending money on that first touch point, there is an understanding of human psychology and the way people need to process and make decisions that you should always be thinking, for, thinking about in each step along the way to make sure not only that your business does well, but that you actually, gen you actually genuinely serve them so that they'll be happy and spend money, but they'll also want to spend money again. And they'll also want to tell their friends about you. Uh, amen, Andrew. I, I absolutely agree. The, I think the mistake a lot of businesses are making these days online brands is they're thinking, oh, I got to handle, I got to do social media or I need to hire somebody to do social media or I need to hire somebody to run my promotions or I need to, you know, they sort of think stovepipe in their business of this function, this function, this function. There's not a cohesion, mm -hmm. you know, to it. They don't understand the interrelatedness. And then it's almost like the consumer is just, off here to the side. <laughs> it's like, wait, I'm gonna, I got to get this together before you step in and start interacting with these stovepipes. Um, and, and that's, sometimes that works, right? You might have a great product and you might have some good reviews on your product. Unfortunately, great products and some good reviews are a dime a dozen. Mm -hmm. a, when I first stepped into the health supplement space, and I certainly came in late, I mean, supplements were being sold for decades before I stepped into the space. Um, and now, I mean, when I first started, you could walk into a grocery store, you could walk into Walmart, um, and there would be 
a small little section with some vitamins, right? And now you have whole long aisles of supplements. You yeah, basically have a vitamin shop inside of a Whole Foods mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> when you walk in. So, and, and now we have it virtually with Amazon, right? iHerb, all those brands you can buy, Vitamin Shop, uh, Vitamins, um, Swanson's, all these brand, places where you can, that are distributors of, of vitamins. And so how do you succeed in that space? And so there are great products on Amazon. They have lots of great reviews. Uh, a lot of the packaging looks identical to one another. A lot of the bullet points and pain points that they seem to address are identical. The reviews look great. They all have hundreds, sometimes thousands of reviews, 4.8, 4.9 out of five stars. I mean, how are you going to make a decision, Andrew? What, what's your take yeah. <laughs> when well, you see so, five products doing the same thing? So, and I'll be interested to hear your take on this. Like for me, it's probably going to be like, <laughs> if they're all the same and I'm on Amazon, mm-hmm. what's coming up first that looks reliable with re- like a reasonably decent price? Like if it's a little more expensive, cool. Okay, um, it goes to also, price, sure. Yeah, but also, um, if one has three hundred reviews, which is great, and another has two thousand, mm-hmm. I'm probably if I have if I'm tr- looking for excuses now to differentiate, then right. I'm starting to get into the mind like, oh, let's go into the two thousand. Let's look at the two thousand. Makes sense. Yeah, but I'm curious mm-hmm. because you know you're really in this. What I mean, I'm just one guy. What have yeah. you identified, or what do you think is the best way to make a difference or set yourself apart when you're in a world where everyone is meeting a minimum standard? Yeah. Well, let's, I guess there's two sides. One is everyone's kind of relatively the same. It's almost like, oh, once the four minute mile was broken, there are a lot of people that broke the four minute mile. Sometimes the difference in elite sports is very, very small, right? Mm -hmm. Tiny. And it's almost now like that with certain products like health products. I mean, there might be some minor distinction between the products. A lot of them have the same ingredients, branded ingredients, claims that they're making, et cetera. Um, so I'm not saying they're all like that, but I mean, that's kind of the world we're living in. And then yes, people will then look at the number of reviews. Uh, and if one has a, a much larger number, they'll gravitate. If it's lower price, they'll gravitate uh, to that. Um, but let's assume that it's, it's kind of even Steven. Mm-hmm. And so now you're trying to, okay, what do I need to do to stand out? Um, a friend of mine, James Shremko, talks about uh, if you're in Australia, you know, the, the tall poppies get cut, right? They get the heads cut off. So generally people, that's referring to people, they don't like to st- stand out because they'll get their heads lopped off. But we as brands, we want to stand out. And so there's some things that we actually coach in, in, a, in a boot camp um, that I run with a partner called the Scale Boot Camp. And we teach this notion of creating a brand with soul, having a soulful element to your brand. And part of that is what we talked about before is this touch point concept um, and doing it in an integrated, meaningful and passionate manner, something that you are really doing sincerely, authentically. And so you used an example of your book and I, I kind of view I, have, I don't have a book out there, but I know a lot of people that use books, and that's a great tool for getting being discovered, right? Your book is a great discovery vehicle. They can uh, find that on Amazon. They could read it if you, let's say you have Kindle Unlimited. They can download it, read it right away, enjoy it. And you're connecting with them 
uh, whoever has completed that book has a very different connection with you than someone that maybe just read the reviews. And um, there's a next step. The next step may not be, and I don't know what the next step is for you, but let's say you have a high-end product, but they have to go through a few more steps to get there. Mm -hmm. Uh, One might be you invited them to download and get their free members area or join your Facebook group so they can kind of interact and see what are other people saying about Andrew. So that's something that we teach in Scale Bootcamp is this notion of it's good to have a water cooler place where people can come, interact, talk to each other and say, what do you think about this Andrew guy? What do you think about this Buck guy? And uh, has anyone had experience with your product if you happen to have one? Um, the, the cool thing about this gathering place, and it may be a, a private member's area. I know I've seen people use private, uh, you know, in the old days, maybe it was forums and places like that where you could interact. Uh, nowadays, it seems to be Facebook groups. It, the, the vehicle doesn't really matter, but the concept is the same is that people are getting together, they're sharing ideas, they're communicating. In some cases, they're being recognized for communication, right? Because they have, I, I responded, I was thanked a hundred times because yeah. <laughs> I gave you, uh, I helped somebody out. I'm a power and, member. <laughs> yeah, I'm a power member and, that, and that's good. Um, what are some groups that I belong to? I, I, you know, some of these groups I belong to because of who I am, uh, tribes that I belong to. I'm an I'm a instrument rated pilot. There are tribes that I belong to that are pilot oriented. Um, there are, I'm, I'm into, I enjoy target shooting. So there are tribes that I belong to around shooting and things like that. Also around health, right? So you're bringing somebody into your tribe, into your members area, and they are interacting with each other. They're getting feedback on you. So that's, that's another touch point. Um, another one, which you're doing right now with me, we, we call a megaphone. And a megaphone, I think, is an important component of a modern business, a modern 2020 plus business mm-hmm. to have. Uh, other examples of that could be podcast is one. Another example could be a YouTube channel. Another example could be maybe to some degree Instagram, but I kind I more like the audio visual right. types of uh, megaphones for two reasons. One is you can broadcast and be discovered because, well, I take it back. You can be discovered just by being present. There's a possibility someone will find you because you have a podcast on a certain topic. Yes. Very, very powerful. Right. And, and so, you know, I hate to use the word free traffic, but yeah, it's, it's a type of free traffic. It's a discovery directory for someone to find you. And we have, you know, many, many people that have had just success, you know, leveraging their podcast. You know, look at Joe Rogan <laughs> as an example, or a great YouTube channel, a YouTuber uh, example. So um, I think every business needs to leverage one of those megaphones mm-hmm. to, to succeed in going forward. You know, so back if we're talking 15 years ago and I'm talking to Gary Halbert, what were the megaphones back then? I mean, you could do a um, local cable channel (laughs) or something, right? But it was much, much harder. Uh, Maybe we had uh, forums and BBSs and things like that that we could have leveraged, but not as much reach. And now- you had to be strategic. Like in other words, you could be a sponsor for an event, but also you could work out a deal where you're actually speaking at the event 
yeah. as an authority with an interest with whatever thing people are interested in, where you're not only the person giving value, but you just so happen to know or be the person that they can mm-hmm. buy from to satisfy whatever they need. Yeah. And speak and speaking is a great, you know, if you can go and get yourself put on stage and speak and have a large audience, not everyone has the ability to do that though. Right. So that's, a, that's a challenge for most businesses. A lot of people is they may be introverted. They may be extroverted. They may have the ability to travel. They may not. Uh, in this day and age, you and I have the ability to be podcasters and YouTubers from our desk, from our homes. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a game changer for every business out there. So I, I definitely say megaphones, you know, vitally important. And, you know, this is all before you spend one dime on advertising, on online advertising. I see so many businesses make the mistake and uh, of jumping right into, oh, I got it. I need a Facebook ad. Oh, I need a YouTube ad. I need to spend, you know, uh, money on my Pinterest advertising now and get as much traffic, cheap traffic, but qualified traffic <laughs> to my offer. And I need to send them to my offer and get them to buy, buy, buy. No, probably what would be better? What would, what would be the ideal scenario of somebody coming to your business, Andrew? Uh, what, what steps have they gone through that would be ideal for you? Well, ideally, they're, they're searching. Like, in other words, I'm, I'm not tapping them on the shoulder. They're looking around the room already. If that, you know, I know that makes sense to you as I say, but it's kind of like- I'm So they're in for, market, as uh, YouTube calls it, I think, or Google calls it, they're in market. They're in for some kind of solution. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're, they're looking for the solution that I provide, even if I'm not providing it in the exact way that they expect mm-hmm. or in the exact format or at the exact price. They're just, they're looking around for someone that's going to help them. That's what's most important for me because, yeah. well, one, and this goes back to your your um, lesson about like soulful, which is really talking about integrity. Yep. Since I know I'm really there to help them, I know that the people that do find and buy from me, it's going to be a good connection rather than a dissatisfied customer. Yep. So I'm, I'm looking for people that are looking that want to be helped because I know that's the perfect marriage of what's going to work for my business. You know, there's, there are a couple other elements that are vitally important. I think you might be able to get away without them, but uh, probably not. Let's hear them. Okay. So one is, you know, everyone knows email is high ROI for all businesses, right? They want to, they want to be able to email their customer. And if you get knocked off of Amazon, I'm sorry, if you get knocked off of Facebook or Google, right. And I, I have been, I've had the Google slap. I've had the Facebook slap. I know what that's like. I know the impact on your business that, you know, the one thing you want to retain is your email list, right? You can, you can communicate out to them. But the problem is the vast majority of marketers make mis- you leverage their list incorrectly. They communicate incorrectly. And so they get the expected, uh, expectedly poor results of doing that. People right. don't open, they don't engage, they don't click. Then the uh, Google platform, they're using Gmail. Most, most customers are using, a lot of customers are using Gmail these days. Uh, Google recognizes that and then decides that your reputation is low. So you're going to wind up in the promotion folder or the spam folder, right? Or blocked, right? Worst case. And that is, uh, that's a shame. There is a way, and this getting back to the, the soulful connection with your prospect and soon to be customer. And then hopefully lifetime customer is 
uh, a, a way of communicating that is, you know, involves storytelling, authenticity, um, sharing slice of life, having reasons to communicate with them via email. And you know what? Doing it frequently. Uh, it's okay to send out a daily email. I, I you know, both uh, my partner Ryan Lee and I uh, recommend communicating it, you know, once a day to your list, but it, the daily email is not going to be a promo, right? You know, the and promo might be a sort of, yeah, exactly. The promo might be a, Oh, by the way, and that's okay. But mm-hmm. the, the purpose of the email was something else. And so, you know, you're creating anticipation, you're creating excitement, you're creating um, goodwill with, your list. So you're connecting there and that's just in written form, right? Um, who has the ability to read email and in written form? Everybody, because we all have, we all have our phones with us, right? Right. So ideally you shouldn't have your notifications turned on and then constantly reading your email. That's another subject, but look, we will look at our emails. We'll look at our messages and, and, and so forth. So, you know, th- this notion of, uh, having a broadcast mechanism, which we call the megaphone being discovered, uh, having a way that you can, um, we also have this concept of, you know, being your own micro publisher is important for every e-commerce business. Okay. I don't care if you're, you could have a business where you're a publisher and that's fine, right? That could be your reason for living. But if you're an e-commerce brand and you have supplements like we do, or if, it doesn't matter if you're selling a, you know, a kitchen tool, you're, you're always a micro publisher. So treat yourself as one. You're writing authoritative content. You're publishing that. And when people go to check out your brand, that's another touch point. You have your podcast, you have your book. I suspect you probably are a micro publisher. You're probably putting out articles, content that mm-hmm. are thematically related to the things you educate people about talk. Absolutely. You know, right. Yep. Um, it's another, it's another thing that you can then share with your email list, with your uh, Facebook group. If you're gathering people in the group, you know, do you use a group for, uh, for what you do? <clears throat> I don't like uh, manage a group. I, mm-hmm. I, I add value to other groups. And so that's only okay. because for me, yeah. um, I realize a group is so valuable I've identified for myself the bandwidth. It's too much for me to try to run the group. So even though that's a brilliant idea, and I think that a lot of people that can handle it definitely should. For me, um, I'm going to refocus that energy towards the YouTube channel instead, because I would hope that it's going to have a lot higher of a yield organically and reach more people on a wider level. Yeah, no no problem at all. And you're right. Um, I think each one of these touch points does take a, a certain level of commitment. Um. And let's, if I rewind back to why I got into this business and was I passionate about health, natural health, supplements, that kind of thing. Uh, if there, and there's another business that I'm in, which is in the dog space. I have a dog. I love dogs. I'm partnered with a dog expert. So we're doing something that we are, we feel we can get up every morning and go for it yes. and enjoy it. Uh, and I know that's probably counter to some of the things that I, you know, people have written saying, well, it's more important that you can be, be successful and make money at it. Not necessarily that you're driven by it. I I don't know. (laughs) I would, I would like to do something that I 
like I'm up and at him and I'm excited about this. I, I love, love learning new things about this space that I'm in mm-hmm. and sharing that with the tribe. And th- that uh, would make it easier for me to go into, like if I do have a Facebook group, which I, I have a couple to go in and communicate or partner with somebody, like I'm partnered with an, a, a dog trainer, he goes in and communicates with people in the Facebook group. So that is a nice divide and conquer yeah. uh, type of thing. Yeah. And I love your perspective in that. And since that, I mean, I, I'll be the first one to admit, like you could make a lot of money on something you don't care about. However, strategically you want to pick the thing that you care about because it'll help you not only pour more and better energy into it, but you'll be there more for the long call. You'll yeah. be better positioned to not burn out. Like, cause I've done things that I've kind of cared about and I've done things that I've really cared about and it's a okay. huge difference maker. And I mean, for me, at least financially, the stuff I care about has been better but that's just me. Uh, amen. I'm, I'm right there with you. And I would maybe the, that you're willing, willing to do. Some people say, Oh, I, I would do this for three to five years. And then I'm, I, I'd like to sell the business and retire. I'm thinking if you look at people that have had very, very long careers, you know, maybe in, maybe they're uh, media moguls or what have you, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Johnny Carson on the tonight show or something like that. Right. Or they had careers that ran decades. You imagine that they have to do something almost ritualistic, right. Where they're doing the same thing every single day, yeah. day after day, week after week for years. And uh, so it's almost like you have to see yourself like I'm going to do when the, you know, it's time for me to go. I'm doing this. That's, yeah. If you could see that rather than say, so many people have told me the three to five year thing. I don't know that that's real. Quite honestly, I've been doing this for 15 in the supplement space and I still am engaged, excited and want to learn something new. And there's always, there always is something to new, new to yeah. learn. The problem with the three to five thing is sometimes it takes three to five just to get going. Yeah. Then you have some momentum, right? Yeah. <laughs> then you, you want to go. So right. it's interesting to hear you talk about these concepts and you're relating them to, I know, um, scale boot camp. And cause like, if you know, you hear scale boot, boot camp, it's easy just to assume like, Oh, this is about just taking something that's already working and scaling it up. But it sounds to me like you're going the extra mile of helping people create a foundation that they can scale from. Yeah. Uh, Ryan and I, both have been, yeah, he's been doing this longer than me. He's been coaching people and has had successful uh, health online businesses for over 20 years. I've been doing maybe 15 years. And, you know, we have been very frustrated seeing folks enter this space kind of flippantly and really give in many ways uh, this business a a bad name, Mm -hmm. you know, the the online health supplement um, fitness arena. Uh, there are a lot of hucksters out there. They're, they're using the improper marketing approaches. Uh, they have products of questionable quality, and they certainly don't have a soulful connection with their customers. So we're thinking, you know, yeah, we, we, we both enjoy educating. So it's, a, it's an outlet for us because we enjoy doing that. We've both been doing that for a while. We both have our own respective brands. I would say his brand, which is uh, Rewind, company is more soulful than mine, but I'm, I, I'm a fast learner, you know, uh, in mm-hmm. seeing how he approaches things. And I, I'm like, the more I leverage the soulful connection 
and those elements that we talked about, uh, the more successful I am, the more, the more sales I have. Uh, and you know, so I'm applying some of those soulful elements to my existing business, but at the same time, we're educating people in scale bootcamp, how to do this from the ground up. Like if you were, if you literally have, how am I going to find my big idea and the one that I think I could do until the day I die. Right. Mm -hmm. I know that's a big, that might sound like a tall order, but we have a framework for coming up with the big idea for identifying ways to stand out like that poppy that stands above the rest that won't, you know, you don't want to, you're not worried about getting cut off. You're worried. You, you want to be worried about getting noticed because the noise level on Amazon and all these online marketplaces is so high right now that people are looking for a connection, right? They just need a little bit of a connection and say, okay, I'll go with your stuff. You know, I'm, and, and part of what we do teach is how to, you know, formulate or identify opportunities to get products uh, uh, sourced at very minimum quantities mm-hmm. that they could, uh, because the, the, the real challenge here is to develop your tribe, is to build the relationship with the tribe, get feedback from them, and then let them know you have something available that they might be interested in. Love it. And for anyone listening out there that thinks that they, they can do well without a tribe, I would say it's possible, but I don't recommend it. I, I would say a tribe is just, it's much more of a safe bet, a much more reliable bet, and a much better way to have a business that you can scale because, you know, I, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, if you don't believe this, but I would think that, you know, you get one person on the front end, that's great, but it's the back end where the same person loves what you do and wants to keep buying. That's yes. how you really sustain and grow a business. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's um, way too common for brands to solely focus on new customer acquisition. Almost, you know, they, burn, they effectively burn their customer list over time. They're usually relatively short order. And so they're never getting off the hamster wheel of needing to spend advertising dollars to acquire a new customer, try to maximize how much money, money I get from them, like, right up front <laughs> because I may never, I may never see them again. Right. I mean, that is, that, that may have worked in the old days. It doesn't work now. And ironically, if you, if you focus more on giving more value, it's going to give you ideas for new, new products yeah. or um, new offerings. Like, you know, again, in, in the health space, <laughs> maybe there's a certain supplement that people buy all the time. That's for arthritis that happens to also be good for blood pressure. I'm talking out of my ass here. I don't know what that's right, but <laughs> right. I say that because then maybe there's another thing. People were responding so well to that from a blood pressure related thing. You have another thing that's also good for blood pressure. And all of a sudden you can offer that because yeah. you've seen enthusiasm, which you would not determine unless you cared about your tribe and connected with them, heard them, listened to feedback, tried to go in certain directions, which you could only do authentically by caring enough to kind of go through those paces and, and just do whatever you can to actually give them value. I introduced a friend's brand, um, you know, cause we coach people about not just supplements, but uh, fitness, beauty, and other, other categories of products. And so I introduced a beauty brand to my wife uh, that's put out by a, a, a mutual friend with Ryan uh, and Marie Gianni. And uh, so that's a great natural beauty brand. I introduced that to my wife cause we were, um, at that time, evaluating their products and looking to become a, a partner of theirs to re- refer our customers to. And uh, uh, my wife, Diva, like she looked at the ingredients. She looked at what they stood for. She, she tried them. And I tell you what, 
now uh, she immediately go to Anne Marie and look for a product in a, in a different, you know, uh, whether it's a, a new scrub or what have you, other than what she's already using, she will immediately buy it from there first if they have it available, almost without really looking at the details because they've done such a good job of connecting with her. So in effect, she's a part of that tribe. And so you're absolutely right. You have, you know, it is so hard to uh, constantly be on that rabbit wheel, that ham, rabbit wheel, hamster wheel mm-hmm. of new customer acquisition. I'm not saying that businesses shouldn't do that, right? They should always have some element of their, their ad spend on new customer acquisition. And hopefully a lot of that also will be referral. Yes. new customer acquisition as well. That's even better, right? Um, and so, yeah, that's uh, the tribal component. Uh, it's not a new concept, but I think it's a concept that now really is at the top, should be on the top of anyone's mind that's getting creating an e-commerce brand. Yes. Now, right after that concept of, am I doing something that I think I can do this for the, the long haul? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. I, I want to make sure this is slightly switching gears or, or going backwards, but you're one of two people that I know that's um, interacted with Gary Halbert, <laughs> which for people that don't know his name, like he's as legendary as they come in the copywriting space. And I was mm-hmm. curious because you mentioned you used his letter in the beginning and you don't, and like there was a stylistic change. So just on your opinion, besides long form versus short form, what was it um, about his style that you've since deviated from and have still been successful? So the letter is a great letter. It's still a great letter to this day and it has a great narrative, a great story that it tells a hook that was um, the hook is Thomas Parr, the oldest person in the world. It was kind of that the amazing story of the oldest person in the world was the headline and so he came up with a hook and a storyline about someone buried in Westminster Abbey who's by the gravestone and the dates on the gravestone was the oldest person in the world. Um, and he came with the reason he came up with that was I did some homework and found some books on the topic of digestive health that I sent to him. And interestingly enough, he did the research, right? Now, I don't know if it was him or he had somebody on his team, do the research and found this idea and he found the hook and used it. Turned out to be a very good one. And it, uh, I guess in some respects, I probably still could revive that idea. Um, But it's a a bit different from the way things are done now with, now that we have social media, now that people can really check you out determine if there's a lot of there, there, see what other people are saying about you. I mean, when he wrote that letter for me, there were no, there was no real way to get uh, real time reviews, you know, like Amazon does. Got it. Right. Not, not for a supplement product anyway. Amazon was selling books maybe mainly at that time. Right. Cool. Um, don't feel obligated to answer this one. I'm curious. And if it's inappropriate, be like, let's move on, dude. But I was curious what kind of terms he threw at you when he was pitching you to hire him, because I imagine by the time you hired him, he was still the top of the industry. So I'm just, I'm curious if you wanted to share how he came at you in terms of what the offer. I don't think you would have a problem (laughs) with with that, me sharing that. And I, um, he, uh, and this was very typical for a, an A-list copywriter, and maybe he was actually charging me less than what, what he might normally charge. Uh, 
he it was funny. I, I actually have the letter here somewhere. It is a placemat for a restaurant that we had dinner in in Baltimore, Inner Harbor. So it was one of those, it was a seafood restaurant. So they had paper placemat. Mm-hmm. He took out a pen or he got the pen from the waitress and wrote down, send me a check for $15,000. No, it wasn't send me. FedEx me a check. This is a good copywriter. FedEx me a check for $15,000 to this address. And uh, so, no, that was his, his upfront wow. was 15 grand. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I remember him distinctly using the words, I will make you rich. Mm-hmm. So he's that very, very like good about that. Uh, you know, cause he told the stories about all the other businesses that he had written copy for. And obviously his own personal story with the Gary, his letter that he mailed, I think over 700 million times. And so he, he didn't care about like percentages after that. It was just that, that flat fee or that was the starter. There, there was a, uh, a 5% uh, tail. Mm-hmm. On that. So 15K plus 5%. Um, but all copywriters are pretty much there. You know, let's get, let's get what you can up front. You know, the rest is, the rest is gravy. Got it. Wow. Well, that, the way you described it based on what I know about him, that sounds like Gary to a T. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And yeah, I'm not and, sure if, yeah, you're saying? Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I think more than anything else, paying 15K to Gary Getting the, you know, and he, he would, the, the amazing thing was when he, the letter was ready, we got on the phone. He said, I want to read it to you. And he read me the whole letter on the phone. And I figured that that's just, that's his way, right? Of functioning. Right? He, uh, we get together. He told me the stories. I got excited. He says, I'm going to make you rich. There was no way I was not going to give him a 15K check. I mean, I had the money because I took a second mortgage out. Um, and, and I'm so glad I did. The letter was great too, right? But it's almost like the letter didn't have to be great. Right. It's like he gave me the courage to continue. And I was still doing this as a side hustle. Uh, and, then, and then, you know, the rest is history. Do you guys happen to live in the same area? He lived in Miami, South Beach. Mm-hmm. And I lived in um, uh, Northern Virginia at the time. But we had dinner. Agora was having a conference back then. And, uh, he was a speaker. So we got together. I, yeah. I emailed him at no sex Gary at AOL.com. I said, can we have dinner? He said, yes. And the rest is history. Now I, I think there are, you, you obviously want to be careful about who you get coaching from or who, you know, the pedigree and, and checking out. And I obviously did a lot of background checking on, on Gary Halbert and felt comfortable doing that. Um, you know, the work that Ryan and I do with Scale Bootcamp, we love, uh, first of all, we're, we're player coaches. We are sharing what we're doing actively in our business, mm-hmm. okay? So just like with Gary Halbert, he was an active copywriter with clients and, you know, and had a, a great pedigree as well. And yeah. as he claimed, he was the number one copywriter in the world. It's, it's not just time, about right? theory. It's about actually practicing what you preach and doing well with it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So just because we're on the topic and I know a lot of my audience is entrepreneurs, do you have a, a certain type of person in mind that you think might be perfect for scale bootcamp? Like, is there a certain personality or a certain type of business or certain pedigree that you like to put out there to find those types of people? That's a great question. Um, 
originally when I got into the space 15 years ago, there were not the options of very high quality products that you can private label. That has changed. So there, as I mentioned to you before, you know, the plethora of products that are kind of in the same ballpark have very high quality ingredients, in many cases, natural ingredients, very effective at what they do, et cetera. Well, now there are companies that, you know, are very good at private labeling, very high quality products, making them available in relatively small quantities. So uh, the expense associated with launching, whether it's a health or beauty or, or uh, fitness, or, you know, a lot of these products can be produced small quantities, relatively low cost. So what you're adding to that um, is this dimension of tribe building the audience, building the tribe. And, and that, you know, the, the platforms and the cost of doing that, as you know, Andrew, is now come way, way down. Mm-hmm. Um, people can get up and do a, their own micro publishing with a, uh, with a blog very inexpensively these days. Uh, how much is a Facebook group? It's free. It's free. <laughs> well, financially. And financially is, free. It takes time, time. Yeah, yep. to, to run. But, you know, the platform itself is there and it's free. Uh, how much does it cost to uh, distri- to do your podcast, relatively speaking? It's free. Well, it's free. Um, I chose a provider where I'm paying um, about tw- 20 to 30 bucks a month. But if I wanted to, I could go another route and do it for free. Yeah, there's very low, like hosting costs for your files and things like that, but very, very doable, right? Not yes. hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, and, you know, once you're ready to do e-commerce, there are now standard platforms that didn't exist when I was, when I first started my business 15 years ago, you know, Shopify is what Ryan and I both use. So the Shopify ecosystem and the apps, all of that is now uh, democratized. Everyone has access to a Jeff Bezos style Amazon platform with review system and all these things. So that's not the difference maker, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the, the beauty is the, the, the kind of person that wants to make a difference and is willing it doesn't always have to be a podcast or a YouTube channel. I mean, you could do this through Instagram. Um, but I, I, t- I typically find people that are willing to, to leverage the megaphone, okay? Got so it. they're willing to, to do a podcast or do a YouTube channel. Now, my, for my podcast, for Ultimate Lifespan, I cross-post that to YouTube, but it's not a live video, okay? Um, if I were Joe Rogan, I would be, you know, <laughs> bring them to my LA studio and we talk for three hours. But, um, you know, I, I think a, a willingness to do that, even if you're introverted, it doesn't matter because if you're willing to do just audio, a podcast is fine, yes. right? And a lot of times you can do podcasts where it's just you chatting for five to 10 minutes about something. You don't have to do it <laughs> with an interview. Um, you don't have to bring on experts. You can start with just like I have a, uh, a student and, and now a student can, has become the master that has a very successful podcast and a, a, a seven figure plus business uh, that he built using the podcast where he never gets on camera. Hmm. He's only doing a podcast for in the health space. Gotcha. And that cool. was the sole, sole means of traffic. So um, I think if you have a passion for health, fitness, beauty, uh, coaching, there's many dimensions to how you can leverage what we teach in scale bootcamp and you're kind of frustrated when you're hearing about these things where, well, you know, light up a, uh, an Amazon store. Uh, that's going to, no, it's, that's not going to be sufficient. I tell you, duking it out on Amazon and trying to have a sexier listing than the next guy, that ain't it. 
That might work for some short period of time, but it's going to be very short-lived. So I'm going to paraphrase, and you'll let me know if I'm off on this, but it sounds like you're looking for people that have a recognition that the real difference maker is in how they engage by being their authentic selves and leveraging the passion that they already have for health or beauty or both industries. That's absolutely correct. Yep. And we, and we also have folks that are in there in, in their own, doing their own coaching may not be health or fit, uh, health or fitness or beauty uh, as well as, you know, we have some folks that are in the real estate game that are, Mm. that are in there as well. So there's, there are different aspects of it. It just so happens that Ryan and I, are player coaches in the, in health, fitness, beauty space. Right. You're, you're in that space. So for those people that want that, you understand and can help them with yeah. the sourcing of products affordably. But by that same token, you're teaching techniques to people that are going to be in a different industry and they're not even sourcing a physical product, but they still can use all the other tools in yep. terms of that megaphone, in terms of that foundation, in terms of engaging with their tribe on an authentic, uh, really passionate level. Amen. I love it. Awesome. So, We've, we've delivered so, I think you've delivered such wonderful gold in um, the past 45 minutes or so, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask a guy who's got such incredible success under his belt, especially like after hitting 40, which is a big thing because a lot of people don't think that could be done. Are you saying um, I'm old? <laughs> well, no, well, <laughs> no, I'm saying, um, I'm saying is people, people decide that they're old yeah, at that, that point. Like me, I'm, I'm over good. I'm over 40 also, and I've okay. been the, the most successful I've been. I've had, mm-hmm. I've had good years and bad years, but my most success has been in the past two years. Um, so I really identify with you on, on that well, level. You're hitting, you're hitting your, your stride, man. I yeah. have a feeling that, you know, we hit our stride at that time. Maybe that was just the time. Yeah, I got you know, some bump, people do it when bruises. they're. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it took us a while. But, uh, you know, I wasn't ready when I was in my early 20s. Yeah. Some people are, I guess. God bless them. More power mm-hmm. to them. But, right. but given that, given this, this level of success and the, the way you really have come into your own, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you a really kind of almost an unfair question because it could be taken so many ways. But based on your expertise, what do you think is the best marketing advice that you can give to people without even knowing their specific situation? Like what's a good general thing that you think really across the board works for people in terms of marketing or business that you don't think is taught or understood enough as much as it should be? Yeah, I find that I waste an inordinate amount of time if I don't stick with my rituals. And when I get, when I identify the rituals that power me and power the business, that I am much more effective and much have much less stress Mm -hmm. because, and I know that it sounds redundant because it is a ritual is a redundancy, right? It's like a repetition of something that you do. And uh, so I am constantly identifying and adding and communicating to others, the rituals that I, that power me and feed and feed me and my business and my family. So, you know, is there a magic trick or a marketing, you know, headline or something like that? no, but I, I, have found, I found that by being curious, uh, continuing the education, because we're, not, we're, never, we're not going to stop learning until we're dead, right? So right. we're always going to add to the database. Uh, determine what is core that you think is going to be uh, work con- for the longer haul, okay? And then be curious to add some things to that that are working now, like Facebook and 
uh, YouTube and social media came online after I started my business. I had to use that. I had to reinvent, right? Some things, but that that's okay. Um, by adding the rituals that allow me to take advantage of that and then get rid of the waste because there's so much time. I've got to tell you so much time we waste on things that don't matter. Mm. How much time did you re- waste sp- scrolling through your newsfeed today? I'm not asking you, Andrew, but I'm just saying the people yeah. that are listening to this podcast. How, many, how much time did you waste watching 10 YouTube videos that had nothing to do with why you went to YouTube in the first place? Yes. Um, so th- those are good examples of rituals that you need to figure out a way to inoculate yourself against. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, again, not you're way more than just a number, but I think it bears repeating that again, you've generated over $50 million in revenue, meaning to everyone listening out there, Buck knows what he's talking about. Don't take any of this advice, whether it's the advice from the last minute or the last 45 minutes lightly, because he shared it for a reason. Um, With that in mind, good question. Like if people want to connect with you, what is the best way for them to do that? They can email me at soul at scalebootcamp.com. Mm-hmm. I read every email. So that's a, that's a real easy way. And we, we teach creating businesses with soul. So soul at scalebootcamp.com. You can check out a little bit more about that at scalebootcamp.com. So I encourage you to do that. And uh, you can kind of watch kind of what Ryan and I are doing. Uh, my business is Ultimate Lifespan. Ryan's is Rewind Co. Uh, we're both having fun, you know, creating our own brands and sharing what we're doing. We're pretty visible that way. And, um, I'd like, you know, I read every email. I respond to every email. If you want to have a chat, be happy to do it. Nice. Well, Buck, I I just got to say, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your insight today. And, um, I, I know anyone out there, if they apply it, they apply even half of what you said, success is, is almost guaranteed. They just got to keep doing it. So thank thank you you so, so much for sharing your gifts, man. I really, really appreciate you being here today. Thanks so much, Buck, for such an awesome interview and really just dropping all those wonderful insights and wonderful knowledge. So appreciative. Guys, if what Buck was talking about really resonated with you, you definitely want to check out scalebootcamp.com. See what he's all about. He's he's really he's he's on top of his game, as you can see, and I highly recommend it. Uh, also, if you wanted to check my book out, again, you can just go to lastlawofattractionbook.com. That'll auto-forward to the Amazon listing. And again, you want to check out my YouTube channel. It's Andrew Cap. So it's just youtube.com slash Andrew Cap with a K. And uh, that's all I got for you today. So thanks again for checking in. Um, If you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button, leave a quick, honest written review, and stay tuned for some more awesome guests that I've got on the way in the very near future. I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.